that, so like, out of character, right? Yeah, this didn't fit, right? But without that pause that, that you were talking about, yeah, right. I paused for a second, and that doesn't seem like the person I know. So I said, "So, what were you doing right before the screaming took place?" <laughs> Welcome again to "It Doesn't Take a Genius." Conversation with introspective perspectives and pithy points of view. Here are your hosts, my friends, Max and Marty. I think that's Mark and Mike. Yeah, whatever. Ramsey! Marshall, good morning to you, sir. Uh, Good morning to you, and uh, good morning to all our listeners out there. The most they could be in would be in two different time zones. There's only two of them. (laughs) (laughs) If they're both in the same time zone and it's morning, good morning to you as well. Although we we have to just go ahead and acknowledge that our last uh, Jane Austen episode did go viral. And so there's a chance here, Mike. I mean, maybe maybe we've struck gold. Maybe this is, you know, where we finally climb the ranks of TikTok influencers and have our own grocery line or I don't I don't know how it works these days, but maybe maybe this is it, Mike. Maybe this is it. Well, I'm big enough to admit that maybe the whole time we needed a strong female lead character. <laughs> you know, that was there. Right there's your problem. <laughs> you ain't got no woman leading the thing. So uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of our, our, I think our theme for today is, uh, yeah, can I admit uh, when I'm wrong? Uh, Look at you pulling the theme straight through. Oh, yeah, 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 that's, you know, in the biz, you you know, that's a segue (laughs) right there. Uh, So, uh, yeah, we, we, Jane Austen, uh, that, uh, that conversation was incredibly popular when we talked about sarcasm. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, we thought, all right, uh, maybe we're on to something. And of yeah. course, you, having having read a voluminous volume of these uh, these wonderful classic books, uh, had another uh, excerpt that, that came to mind. So, uh, with yeah. that, uh, great lessons to be learned. Let's let's dive into dive into that and uh, and uh, share with us uh, some some of the Jane Austen's words from uh, Pride and Prejudice. And then uh, we'll talk about applications to our, our current world. I, I think that's great. And, and I'll say at the outset that uh, I would really appreciate a vigorous set of comments correcting how I'm about to summarize the plot. Uh, nothing would make me happier than people saying that I had, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, brushed uh, with too broad a brushstroke. But um, th- this was I, this was my attempt at trying to sort of back into the story so that the, the quotes that we're going to use from the scene we're going to talk about makes sense. So, um, and, and frankly, I think uh, maybe you haven't uh, read or seen a, a film version of Pride and Prejudice. So maybe this is helpful for you. It, it, incredibly helpful. I have pen, I have paper. I am ready to make notes about okay. the plot and uh, just to, you know, keep it up, to, you know, get up to speed here. So, All right, so, so take it away. So, so the last one was about Emma. This one is about Elizabeth, Elizabeth Bennett. Uh, she is the a, a very uh, smart, witty, uh, the second oldest of five sisters, which is important because, uh, you know, because of how English uh, law worked at the time, they're not going to inherit their father's estate. Their mother doesn't have money for them to inherit. Somebody has to marry so that the family can be supported. 
that's the bottom line. The, the, the estate is going to go to a male heir. And so one of these ladies got to marry. Well, um, over the course of the book, you meet some characters. Uh, there's the friendly Mr. Bingley. He arrives with his sisters to spend the summer. And he seems to fall for Elizabeth's uh, older sister, who's very sweet, very pretty. Um, and with them, with Mr. Bingley, comes Mr. Darcy, his buddy, who just seems to be very proud, very proud, uh, comes off as proud, snobbish. In fact, there's a, a scene early on where Elizabeth overhears him uh, being asked, you know, why don't you ask Elizabeth to dance? And, and he says she's not handsome enough. So, you know, very hurtful, very hurtful. Mr. Mr. Darcy and Elizabeth, not off to a good start right from the get-go. Later, uh, a militia of soldiers comes to town to uh, sort of uh, uh, have winter quarters and, and do drills or what, what have you. And Elizabeth meets uh, a very charming uh, army officer, uh, the handsome Mr. Wickham, Officer Wickham, just a breath of fresh air. You know, he's, he pays her attention and shares details about his life. And, and, and it, it happens to be that he shares that, you know, he says, I can't say much because I have so much respect for Mr. Darcy's father, but, you know, out of jealousy, Mr. Darcy has not honored his father's will. Um, I'm being kept from some church property that was meant for me. I was supposed to have a church office and have this property that was in the will and, and uh, he won't give it to me. And therefore I've had to join the militia. And, you know, Elizabeth is just shocked and scandalized and she knew Mr. Darcy was such a jerk and so on and so forth. Well, anyway, later on in the story, Mr. Bingley breaks it off with Elizabeth's sister, or at least seems to. And it sure looks like Mr. Darcy, his buddy, is to blame. You know, proud Mr. Darcy has broken up this, you know, possible match. And um, over the course of events, all of a sudden, Mr. Darcy proposes to Elizabeth. He says, oh, I can't help it. Even though you're a lower station in life and this just isn't a good match, I just can't help it. I'm in love with you. And of course, she says, you jerk. How dare you? Uh, you know, first off, you're you're so proud. And second off, you interfered with my sister's happiness by breaking up, you know, this possible marriage. And poor Mr. Wickham has told me all about what you did to him. And I just can't, no way, you know, I, I refuse your offer of marriage. So there are two chapters. I, I don't know how far into the book you get, but basically you have a chapter where Mr. Darcy finds Elizabeth on a walk, hands her a letter, says, please read this bows stiffly and walks away and the rest of the chapter is just the letter and it's his explanation of uh of of his behavior and he basically says yeah i broke up the relationship i don't think your sister's into mr bangley she has not expressed anything that shows that she's in love and so yeah by the way your family acts really foolish you're you have you have foolish sisters your your mother acts very foolish uh, and uh, I don't think it's a good match. I don't think they're into each other anyway. So yeah, I broke it off. And and if I if I was wrong about her, I apologize. I you know I, maybe she was more into Mr. Bingley, but yeah, I I did that. You bet. Now as to Mr. Wickham, uh, well, Mr. Wickham is a ne'er do well. He refused the church property. Instead, he demanded money. He spent it all on gambling and women and loose living. And then he came back and said, I've spent all the money. I'd like that property now. We refused it. And then he seduced my younger sister 
and uh, tried to run off and elope with her. We, we luckily were able to stop the elopement, uh, but it has just done so much damage to my family. He basically said, I have no regret for, you know, for uh, breaking up the marriage and I have no regret for uh, Mr. Wickham, except for the fact that, you know, if your sister was really into him, I, I misjudged that. And uh, so, so that's the chapter. The next chapter, which is the one we're going to quote, is Elizabeth reading and rereading and going on a walk and trying to figure out what is happening here and processing all of this. So, so anyway, that's there's the story up until this point, and then I've got some quotes from the chapter to to uh, to share. Man, fascinating! I've are yeah, I've already made assumptions about everybody. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm already right. yeah 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 I've 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 I've, I've created victims and villains right. <laughs> yeah 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 the, my 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 head is going wild yeah very distraught exactly. about gambling and loose women yeah oh it seems and bad I, and yeah. I I tell you like we, this is the revelation that the book hinges on there is a sucker punch that comes on after this that I won't even get into but I, this book is so well written it's it's ridiculous and and the you know, just the thought process that you'll see in the chapter that we're going to have some excerpts from. I mean, it, it's she she not only keeps your attention, but it's like all of those people are doing very real things. She this woman knew how to be a student of human nature. So yeah. anyway, so excellent. Um, so now we get to Elizabeth processing all the things that she's learned uh, in Mr. Darcy's letter. You got it. She's walking around with this letter in her hand and and, uh, you know, basically just, you know, she's like, I, th this is, this is ridiculous. You know, um, uh, uh, I must overthrow every cherished opinion of his worth, Mr. Wickham, if, if, if any of this is true. And uh, she says, it, the, the book says, astonishment, apprehension, and even horror oppressed her. She wished to discredit it entirely, repeatedly exclaiming, this must be false. This cannot be. This must be the grossest falsehood. And when she had gone through the whole letter, though scarcely knowing anything of the last page or two, she put it hastily away, protesting that she would not regard it and she would never look in it again. So there, there's there's stage one, complete right. denial. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> denial. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, yeah. Yeah, this is, this is not worthy of my eyeballs and time because yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't believe any of this. Yeah. And, and we, have, we have had this happen in the workplace, just in case anybody's missing the connections here. You know, I, I know it's technically what I guess some would consider a romance novel, but I'm telling you, this is something very real to the current workplace. So um, anyway, so she, she she can't help herself. She whips out the letter again, even though she just put it away and she reads it a little more carefully. And, and she starts to, you know, sort of thinking about um, what what's being said there and what she remembers Wickham saying. She says, uh, it was impossible not to feel that there was gross duplicity on one side or the other. This can't be true and what Wickham said be true. One of these has to be false. So so now she's starting to say, okay, wait a minute. I, I, I think I have some in investigation to do here. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm skipping way ahead, but she starts thinking about what do I really know about this Wickham character that I found such a breath of fresh air. Um, she says, basically, we didn't know anything about him until he started telling us about him. He he was, you know, we didn't know his family. We didn't know him. And um, she says uh, in the book, as to his real character, had information been in her power, she had never felt a wish of inquiring. 
his countenance, voice, and manner had established him at once in the possession of every virtue. She tried to recollect some instance of goodness, some distinguished trait of integrity or benevolence that might rescue him from the attacks of Mr. Darby, uh, or, excuse me, Darcy, or at least by the predominance of virtue, atone for those casual errors under which she would endeavor to class what Mr. Darcy had described as the idleness and vice of many years' continuance. But no such recollection befriended her. She could see him instantly before her in every charm of air and address, but she could remember no more substantial good than the general approbation of the neighborhood and the regard which his social powers had gained him in the mess. This guy just talked real good. He's oh, a good yeah, talker. Yeah. He's handsome. He's got that officer's uniform. You know, he, he, uh, he, of course, he's got to be a good guy, right? Mm -hmm. He's got to be a good guy, but I can't think of anything he actually did that was good. Right. Um, so then she realizes that um, Mr. Darcy's also saying, you know, my cousin, uh, it's another character. Um, he, he has been party to all of this and you know him and go ask him, you know, go, go talk to him if you want to. And uh, so she, she basically realizes he wouldn't have offered that if, if he hadn't been able to corroborate, you know, that, 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 that was sort of proof that, yeah, I can triangulate this a little bit. And he did do that. Um, and then she starts to think, well, actually, now that I think of this charming Wickham, um, it, it was kind of weird. It, you know, she says uh, she perfectly remembered everything that had passed in conversation between Wickham and herself in their first evening um, at Mr. Phillips. Many of his expressions were still fresh in her memory. She was now struck with the impropriety of such communication to a stranger and wondered it had escaped her before. She saw the indelicacy of putting himself forward as he had done and the inconsistency of his professions with his conduct. In other words, why would she bother? Why would he bother to tell me how Mr. Darcy was such an evil guy, you know, pretty much the first time I meet him? Why would you even say that to a, to a stranger? Why would you go down that road with a stranger? That's weird. Now that's a weird communication. Um, and then she remembers that it's actually a little worse than that. He basically said, out of respect for Darcy's father, I don't want to make a scene, so I'm going to I'm going to step out. I'm not going to say anything. You know, Mr. Darcy's father was so good to me. Um, but but after. After some time had passed, it had been everywhere discussed. Uh, he had had no scruples, no reserves in sinking Mr. Darcy's character. So now she's thinking, wait a minute wait a minute, something's up here. So anyway, processing, processing, the penny drops, and uh, and it sort of concludes with this. Uh, she says, uh, the, the book says, she grew absolutely ashamed of herself. Of neither Darcy nor Wickham could she think without feeling that she had been blind, partial, prejudiced, absurd. How despicably have I acted, she cried. I who have prided myself on my discernment, I who have valued myself on my abilities, who have often disdained the general, generous candor of my sister and gratified my vanity and useless or blameless distrust, how humiliating is this discovery, yet how just a humiliation. Had I been in love, I could not have been more wretchedly blind, but vanity, not love, has been my folly. Pleased with the preference of one and offended by the neglect of the other, on the very beginning of our acquaintance, I have courted prepossession and ignorance and driven reason away where either were concerned. Till this moment, 
I never knew myself. That's her big revelation. I, right from the get-go, thought this guy was a good guy and this guy was a bad guy because of a thing that happened. And then I basically allowed that to blind me to any facts or, or uh, 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 you know, uh, opinions of others that came down the pike. And not until now have I realized how blind I was. Now, now I know myself. So therein lies the quote. Lot, lots there, and and hopefully wow. not uh, too much for our listening audience or, or viewing audience, but um, I thought it was worth sharing. Oh, yeah. So my first thought, if if I was writing that last piece, you know, with my limited writing skills, I would write something along the lines of, oh, Lordy, I was hoodwinked. I was flim-flammed <laughs> by the man. <laughs> right? Yeah. He's, the man's the, the, the man's all hat, no cattle. Uh, you know, just, yeah, just, yeah, I can't believe it. So, so I, I think the, the, the other big takeaway is, uh, is what I'm going to now term the word of the week. And, and um, I challenge all our listeners to work it into, you know, regular conversation. And that would be gross duplicity. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I believe that person is guilty of some gross duplicity. <laughs> yeah, just, just, just throw it out. Let her hang. <laughs> yeah, see where it takes you in the field of common conversation. Well, and it's funny how often that comes up, you know, uh, <laughs> this idea that, you know, people have said some things that are duplicitous that they they have you know countered something they've said earlier and I had a conversation earlier this week with a, a coaching client who you know really felt like this guy says this and then three months later he says I never said that now you know one's true or the other's true right like they can't both be true he he, he can't have it both ways and so there are some opportunities to challenge that from from this perspective it's you know two different gentlemen he said he said and mm -hmm. she's realizing you know there there is something here that is not true can we ferret this out and get to the truth of it and that's the that's where the you know the the crack starts to form for her to actually coming to a conclusion you know a, a really important conclusion that uh you know frankly drives the rest of the of the novel <laughs> oh yeah well and, and yeah we see this all the time Yep. The, the the manager, the leader, the department head, whoever, uh, somebody comes in and tells them a story. Yeah. Uh, it's a, a team member, an employee, another manager, a customer. Yep. Let me tell you why I'm so offended by your team. Here's what they yep. did to me. And the managers, right, we have all done it. Uh, you know, similar to Elizabeth, right? Yep. They, they immediately storm out to right the wrong. Yep. And and depending upon their team, if they've got a strong enough team, the team will go, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, hold on, I'm boss. not sure they told you everything, yep. <laughs> right? Here's what yep. we've done for them so far that was either declined or unappreciated or unacknowledged. Yep, yep. Yeah, you know, and then the, and then the manager goes, oh, you know, I'm Roseanne, Rosanna Dana. <laughs> Never mind. Right. <laughs> you know, like, oh, that changes everything. And and teams have have fallen apart over that behavior over time. I mean, when when the manager swoops in and just starts sniping on somebody, uh, feeling like you know just this righteous anger, mm -hmm. uh, and it's just completely completely wrong. They have been hoodwinked. They have absolutely been hoodwinked. 
Oh yeah. And you appreciate the passion. Yeah. Right. They're, 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 you know, they're wanting to right the wrong. Yeah. Who typically we find it's a, it's a values disagreement. Yeah. Where, where it, it appears that somebody on my team has done something that is not aligned with the values that I hold dear or our organization holds dear. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because it's a values conflict. Yeah. The, the passion is enraged. Maybe there's even a bit of amygdala hijack. Oh, sure. You know, a little fight, flight, you know, freeze kind of thing. And, and, you know, that manifests itself. And and so, yeah, we're all guilty of that. And the, you know, I love that you make the point that that Officer Wickham, right, the uniform, uh, you know, the, you know, the the, looked right. Yeah. Jane Austen talks about that. He's very handsome. Yep. And so this handsome uniform person must be giving me the real scoop <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and the first time through reading the book like you don't notice how clever jane austen has been with her word choice but but when you're introduced to all the characters you sort of get a uh, a, a little peek into their soul you know just you know like by by what's what's said and what the what the people are observing wickham you just get the visuals you just get the visuals so like right from the get-go she's setting us all up to get just you know pulled down the line by a hook and uh and it's but but that's what happens right we we see things that look a certain way and and probably you know there's a little bit of confirmation bias right we we start to immediately say that person's well-dressed i bet they know what they're talking about And, and we start you know laying in with yeah yeah i agree with their side it's just just not the case sometimes by the way it is duplicity. Sometimes it's just the word choice, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, we we say um, we say service, and some people mean, uh, you know, service is going to be this one specific thing. Some other people think service is going to be a much broader thing that they get, and so they're upset that we're not giving good service because we thought it was going to be this big broad thing, and uh, and they come in and sensed, oh, but we didn't mean it that way. So it's a, it's just a disagreement on you know the definition of the word. Uh, instead of a, you know, what actually happened was, was bad. Anyway, all that's to say, you probably ought to do a little research before you let that confirmation bias, um, as the book says, put you in the box, you know, leadership Mm -hmm. and self-deception says you get in the box. So, oh yeah. 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 The, uh, yeah. And some organizations, the number one exercise is jumping to conclusions. That's <laughs> <laughs> <Right. laughs> yeah, that's how we uh, that's how we stay fit around here. <laughs> okay, maybe that's not the best. Well, I think part of it too goes to to the length of time uh, of these relationships. Yeah. So, so they, you know, she didn't have time to to form this 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 knowledge of these people and to to you know for trust to have grown. Yeah. So there was there was some misplaced trust, some assumed trust uh, right. that we find out later was misplaced. And, and I think that that's the beauty of getting to know your team, knowing your people, so yeah. that when you hear a story that contradicts what you know about them, you you don't discount the story, but you don't jump to the conclusion that that they they may have done something you as know, it's been portrayed. That, that's a huge point because you think about Mr. Darcy, you know, Elizabeth Bennett is whip smart and, uh, you know, she can in a moment turn a phrase and, and attack. And Mr. Darcy is, uh, is also very intelligent, but he, he needs to go home and write a letter. 
you know, like a day later, he says, look, here's the answer to your concern. He, it's probably a C in DISC, would be my guess. I, I don't know that for sure, but I, I would I would guess that he's a C in DISC. And we've talked about that on the podcast recently, actually. Uh, but but the idea that he had to go away and think about it and come back and express, like, here's what actually happened. And oh, by the way, Elizabeth, who's a little hotter in temperament, uh, needed that time to go walk around the, you know, the, uh, the garden and say, well, wait, I can't believe that. Well, let me think about it again. And she has to have some time to process uh, all of this, uh, all of this revelation that she's been landed on. So a a time element is a big part of this. We've Mm -hmm. had our our recent podcast about the pledge technique for uh, conflict uh, with uh, uh, our uh, uh, recent guest. Uh, We'll link to that in the, in the show notes, but pledge starts with a P for pause. Right. Uh, so Mark Olsey's approach is, is to to pause before you do anything else. So that's a part of that here too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Tremendous, uh, tremendous lessons. Uh, I'm thinking, uh, you know, uh, I live in a wonderful neighborhood. The, the parents around, around me, we share similar values when it comes to raising children. Yeah. And our values are aligned. And so if, if their kids are over here, right, they have no problem if, you know, good or bad, whatever needs to be done to, to make sure everybody's safe and sound and things go well. And so with that in mind, the, the daughter came home one day when she was little and she goes, she goes, Toby, who's the, one of the dads across the way, uh, he screamed at me. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, man, that's terrible. Toby screamed at you. Yeah. You should go talk to him. <laughs> I'm like, you, you know, and had I not known him and had I not known of his values yeah, and not known that we are aligned on these things. Yeah. And, and without so that, like a character, right? Yeah. This didn't fit. Right. But without that pause that, that you were talking about. Yeah. Right. I paused for a second and that doesn't seem like the person I know. So I said, so what were you doing right before the screaming took place? <laughs> oh, well, you know, the bridge over the concrete culvert. I'm like, yeah, well, I was standing on top of the railing <laughs> and Toby yelled at you <laughs> to get off the railing. How about that? Huh? All right. So here's what we're going to do. You and I are going to go over and we're going to thank Toby <laughs> for trying to save your life and not let you do something that could be very injurious. <laughs> well, that's, that's not how she thought that was going to go at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't go. No, no, that's yeah. This, this is all, you got it all backwards. <laughs> I had this, I had this, I knew how this was going to go in my head. You're not doing it anything like I thought it was going to go. Well, it, and I, I love that. That's a great example, you know, sort of in the in the story, you know, Elizabeth does some, you know, remembrances of the past. And she also does some triangulation of, you know, other other data points that she has, other people she knows and so on. And both of those are things you could do when you take your pause. Right. You could you mm-hmm. could say, OK, wait a minute, let me review what what my case history is. And let me think about what are the other data points now that I know a little more about the story and um you know, you, you could probably corroborate a little bit on, uh, yeah, that could be true because I know X, Y, Z or, or no, I doubt that's true because I know that guy's character or I know what he cares about or, you know, what have you. Um, 
and and I'm not, you know, I, I, I guess, I guess there could be super extreme examples where somebody is talking about abuse and saying that, you know, there's, there's an abuser who's, you know, doing a lot of stuff in secret. That's a different ball game than what we're talking about here, where it's, it's a matter of, you know, well, gosh, Mr. Wickham, as I think about how he interacted with me right from the get go, he was telling me more than he really should have. Why would he do that? I can't think of a good reason for him to do that other than to make himself look good and make Darcy look bad. That that's basically the conclusion she comes to, but she has to pause to do a little thinking before she goes back into, okay, let me make a judgment call here. Mm -hmm. Well, in, in today's vernacular, it was a red flag. Yes. 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 There was a red flag. I didn't perceive the red flag at first. Yeah. But with, you know, reviewing back, I, I, I now see it. And, and uh, you know, that, that adage that, that what you're doing speak so loudly that I can't hear what you are saying. Right. And so she was, she went back and examined his actions and said, all right, the, you know, I never saw any of these things. All I heard was these words. God help me, but it did seem kind of sus. I want to <laughs> never say those words ever again. My son says it way too much as it is. Uh, but yeah, there it is. Bruh, no cap. <laughs> Stop. Stop it. <laughs> Stop. I think your observation slaps. <laughs> I'm gonna, I, <laughs> I, I will not dignify that with a response. So. Oh yeah, the kids look. Look, we've reached a whole new demographic right there. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Oh, Gen I, Z. Oh, we, we've reached that demographic, but I think in a way that's kind of cringe. So, oh. Yes. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. yeah. That's yeah. No cap on that. <laughs> um. All right. So. Uh, also goes to one of our other favorite quotes. I, I wrote this down. Uh, those who dance are considered insane by those who can't hear the music. Absolutely. So Elizabeth thought Mr. Darcy breaking up, uh, you know, Mr. Bingley and his sister's relationship looked insane. Yeah. Why would any normal, caring, wonderful person do that? Right. Uh, and the reality was he, he, he had information that she didn't have. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, spoiler alert for people who are for some reason watching this podcast before they read or watch a TV version of uh, Pride and Prejudice. But, you know, spoiler alert, um, they do end up getting married. Um, Darcy, Darcy was wrong about that. Um, he was being prideful and prejudiced in his own ways that, you know, every character in this story basically has a pride and prejudice issue. Um, but the but the idea that um I, I guess it's it to me it really falls back to the idea of um there's probably a good reason why you would have thought that or done that. Mm -hmm. And when uh I've skipped a lot of the chapter here, but Elizabeth burns with shame when she thinks about her family. Her dad married poorly. He married a pretty lady who was shallow and raised a lot of shallow girls. Elizabeth and her sister, the elder sister, are the exceptions, but the the rest of the children basically embarrass. The mother embarrasses that they're they're sort of laughing stocks at a party. Mr. Darcy's got a point. He's got a point. Like, I don't know why you'd want to be married into that. And I don't think she's even into you, Bingley. So let's move on. Um, and um, and luckily, you know, that situation gets resolved and and uh, Bingley and and uh, uh, the sister get married. Newsflash. Darcy and Elizabeth get married. Yeah, I know. Shocker. You didn't see it coming, but uh, but they do. What? Uh, but I mean, uh, that's, it's such a good story. It, and, and it all does fall down to, you know, 
I haven't really thought this through. I've, I've just taken, you know, my, my first gut reaction because of things that, that happened to me and, and I've had a prejudice this whole time until the scales fell off my eyes. That's us every day. Every day we have these opportunities to, as, as leadership and self-deception says, get in the box. You know, you're, you're just constantly tempted to get in the box and invite other people to get in there with you mm-hmm. and reinforce it with concrete and, and try to stay in that box. But, you know, come out into the light, do a little investigation, pause and investigate, uh, think it through and don't, don't leap to these conclusions. Yep. No, I, you know, wonderfully said and, and the opportunity for, for that pause, uh, right. And, and the, the, the quote, I accept when I'm wrong, because that only makes me strong. Oh, I like that. And so, so yeah, that willingness to say in the face of further evidence, yep. wow, uh, it, you know, I, 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 got, I got that one wrong yep. uh, and being able to, to own that and allow that person out of the box that you put them in. And, and it's so uh, appealing to people to see that kind of humility. It just is confident mm-hmm. humility. I mean, that's that's really what we're mm-hmm. we're talking about. You know, I I'm I'm not gonna walk around ashamed and embarrassed all the time. I'm just gonna say, look, I was wrong, uh, my bad, and uh, and move on from that. That's very appealing to your team members when they see you do that. You're real, you know, at that point. Oh, definitely, definitely. Right. So much good stuff um, from a fictional book. That's right. Right. Not all the lessons are found in the self-help business section. Thank um, God. Yeah. <laughs> much more entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. This is yeah much easier to read and the lessons just, if not more powerful. Um, so remember, uh, if you use the term gross duplicity in a sentence, uh, over the next week or so just 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 bleep bloop it in the comments uh yeah we'd uh, uh we'd love to read about that smash that like and subscribe button uh that seems pretty on point with our jane austen talk today uh what what other things do kids say i don't yeah, know yeah 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 hit the bell to get notified of oh, yeah the bell uh, yeah 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 <laughs> we gotta do all those things if you're on the youtubes uh, So with that, let's, uh, great stuff. Thank you for bringing that to us. And uh, we'll throw it over to, uh, I don't know, I think he's probably, you know, one of the most sophisticated people we know. Oh, 100%. Uh, Definitely, definitely. I can see him living in this time uh, of pride and prejudice. (laughs) He just fits that era. And maybe he was there. Take it away, uh, Mr. Wolf. And that's a wrap. The musings of Mark and Mike. No rights reserved, etc. Feel free to share and discuss what you heard today. Even claim the ideas as your own. <laughs> Who'd want to do that? See you next time on It Doesn't Take a Genius. Thanks. That's good enough.